you know, if it comes in the area of money, if, if you're in a, in a place where you're not where you want to be financially, what do you get out of that? Because you get something out of it or you wouldn't keep coming back to it. Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey everyone, you're on air with Ella and I have a special guest today, Mr. Ryan Yokomi. Hi Ryan, how are you? Hey Ella, I'm great. Thank where, you for uh, having me. Where are you today, Ryan? Vancouver, BC, Canada. Uh-huh. And surprisingly, it's not raining today. It's actually sunny. It rains here a lot. We're about a three hour drive from Seattle. I was born just outside of Seattle. Oh, no way. I didn't know that. Little known fact. Very few people know that. You live in a beautiful, beautiful part of the world. It is. Actually, I love nature and we're surrounded by the outdoors and there's deer and birds and bears that roam through here. And uh, it's a very connected, beautiful place. So we're very grateful to live here. Ryan, do me a favor. Tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, I'm a spiritual life and business coach. And I work with uh, anyone who really wants to go live their passion as I help them get in, in alignment with what they love to do and release a lot of their fears, their doubts, their worries, especially around money, um, and help them step into their brilliance and power. Ryan, we're gonna talk about money today. And I wanted, I looked I looked long and hard for you, and I'm so grateful to our friend, Bonnie Kelly, for introducing us. So shout out to Bonnie there. But I'm so grateful to her because I have been looking for someone to come on the program and talk to us about an issue that people can have very sensitive feelings about, or all the feelings, Ryan, and that is money and their own personal relationship with money. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think um, money is a fascinating topic to me because it's usually the number one thing that causes stress in relationships or in our personal lives and it usually leads to conflict and arguments or you know this kind of back of the mind thoughts where we're worrying about money do we have enough money and then and then there's also the thought when we do have enough money am i going to lose this money so it's it's a fascinating topic to me on how it plays a role with our emotions Yeah, so much, right? So many feelings around this topic. And one of the things that I like to do is I like to just sort of flush it out, like get it out there and ask ourselves some of the tough questions, because I believe that just being aware and opening your eyes and asking yourself the right questions can move anyone from A to B. So wherever you are and wherever you are in your financial journey or any other journey in life, like my job, I believe, is just help you ask the right questions and then to put people in front of you that might be able to help. So Ryan's one of those people. And Ryan, thanks so much for letting me learn from you today. I love what you just said about A to B. And that's my intention here and being here with you for everyone listening is, you know, what I love doing is helping people move from an undesired state to desired state. And that's essentially what um, allows us to get into flow and maybe move out of an ebb. I think in the area of money, what most people do is um, they have so much fear linked to it. And basically what they're saying is I'm not in control. So if you have a fear come up around money, what you're saying is I don't have control and I can't change this situation. And so a lot of people just, you know, give away their power to their circumstances. So I'm sure we'll get into all the juicy stuff. 
You know what's standing out to me as you're as you're saying that is issues with money mirror so much our issues with food. Oh yeah, so much. So you come pre-programmed with certain beliefs that are based on the environment that you grow up in, and then you have kind of no one. You don't like learn this in school, right? Nobody gives you a manual on how to feed yourself or how to how to manage your money or how to think about money, and and then you have issues that might be shameful or you just are unconscious or just all the things. There are so many comparisons. It's actually a little frightening (laughs) yeah well it's it's food it's no different i mean the way you do anything i think is the way you do everything yeah and so it doesn't matter if it's food or money um it's not even about the money or even really about the food is that you have an addictive pattern that you're Mm -hmm. linked to certain experiencing certain emotions every single day well let's talk about where this comes from because am i right in thinking that so much of our relationship with money at least at the early onset of adulthood comes from how we were raised it just seems logical yeah that's a, definitely a part of it um i work with a ton of clients who they either had their belief system created from their uh, parents things they said like w- when it comes to the area of money like oh we don't have enough money or you we can't afford that my um uh, my fiance chris um her mother used to say things to her like oh i can't afford to buy new shoes because i had to buy you new shoes when she was growing up oh, so things like that and then she you know created a belief system around feeling guilty that chris was getting things she wanted in her life so she would actually have a really hard time purchasing things for herself as she got older so yeah our environment plays a role um with our parents or you know maybe aunts and uncles or also your siblings but also too um just the behavior you modeled. Sometimes it's not even the things that our parents told us. I mean, I grew up watching my parents and watching them when I was younger, they were struggling because they were growing a business. And I watched them have stress with money. And so I actually linked a really negative association with money. That's why most of my life I never had money is because I linked it to pain. And I think that's mm. the only reason why you wouldn't have the money that you want or not earning the money that you want in your life is because you're linking that to pain and you're linking to not having it where you're at with life with pleasure. So I, I looked at my parents and said, oh my gosh, I'm, I base my opinion on what money is from the, mo- the model that I saw my parents behaving in. Um, that's one way. The other way, it goes really deep when I work with some clients where it's ancestral. So you could have um, really limiting money beliefs that were passed down from your parents, their grandparents, your great grandparents, and going all the way up the family lineage. And where I find this the most is when I'm working with someone who is you know, an employee and they wanna go follow their passion and live their bliss. And I asked them, is there anyone else in your family that was ever an entrepreneur? And they usually say no. And then I go, oh, this is fascinating because you're gonna bump up against conflict on going to make money from your passion because most of the people that you grew up with always made money working for someone else. So there's an ancestral belief that's passed down to us as well. So yeah, all of these things play a role from our childhood. Absolutely, Ella. Can you tell us more about the environment that you were raised in? Because I think so many people can relate yeah. to it, Ryan. So I have, I'm the youngest. I have two older sisters. My father's Japanese, uh, but born in Canada. And my mother's Canadian, you know, like a mix of Caucasian. You know, we grew up in sort of like this time where my parents were starting to grow, grow in their own business. So I watched them sacrifice and struggle and they do very well now. But when we grew up, we we were very well taken care of, but it came at the cost of like a lot of stress for my parents to be able to make the money and make ends meet. They also had three kids, right? Um, but I also, the the way that I grew up is um, I got a really good work ethic from my parents. Like Tony Robbins says all the time, if you're going to blame people or blame your parents for all the bad things they did to you, you have to blame them for all the great things they did to you as well. And so I I was really blessed because I watched my parents have great work ethic. We used to do vision boards when we were growing up. 
Um, we used to set goals growing up. So I grew up in that environment where we did have like positive affirmations and I was instilled that if, hey, if you want to achieve something, you can you can go do it. But then I also saw my parents struggle with money and I saw them have hard times. So I also linked that in order to achieve what you want in life, it has to be some kind of struggle. And so most of my 20s, I failed at doing things and I was scared to do things because I always linked it that you have to be in some kind of survival mode to be able to get ahead in life. And that's when I started repatterning my belief system going, hmm, maybe I actually don't have to be that way. And I can, I can actually go create some more money and do what I love every day and do it in a way that it really inspires me instead of feels like feeling like it's a struggle. What are some of the most common trends that you see? So for example, does everyone marry their complete financial opposite? <laughs> <laughs> Just curious, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I well, I think in a lot of ways, our, our partner always represents the opposite side of us that we're not embracing. But yeah, when it comes, comes to the area of money, it's like, it depends what the wound is. Everyone has like a different feeling around money. And that's where you have to always find out what's the meaning you're giving money, right? And so if you feel like, hmm, you don't have money, and that's been a struggle for you, are you going to get into a relationship with somebody who has the exact same belief system? Or are you going to get into a relationship that someone has an empowering belief system around money? And the thing is, it's not even about the other person. It's usually that they're going to mirror back to you something you already believe about yourself. So I always tell my clients to personalize it because this is what typically we do when we get frustrated. So if anyone online ever gets frustrated with money or, you know, maybe there's people on the line who do very well financially, I can guarantee you that you have a fear of losing it because your identity is probably linked to your money or your success or your house or your car or your business. And so you're going to have a fear of that identity falling away from you. So if you have, if you have a wound around this, it's like, I'm always telling my clients, like, you have to personalize it because what we'll do is if we don't take responsibility for our brilliance, which everyone should be doing on this line, then we turn to blame and we'll, bl we'll blame one of three things. We'll either blame the circumstance, be like, oh, my life sucks. <laughs> I can't get this. So I'm really stressed out. A lot of successful people I work with, I work with people who do very well financially too. Mm -hmm. And uh, typically their pattern is that they want peace, they're stressed out or they're lonely um, or they, they have all these things going on that they feel they can't tell anyone because they're afraid what they built will fall apart. So they're holding on to like a lot of emotion, but typically we'll blame the, the circumstances or we'll blame God or we'll blame the universe, we'll blame our spouse, mm -hmm. we'll blame somebody, or um, that's kind of the circumstances. Or like I said, we'll blame someone outside of ourselves, like our spouse or a partner or our boss or somebody, um, or we'll blame ourselves. And that's usually kind of the most common theme is people are really, really hard on ourselves. So if anyone listening, if you're hard on yourself, give yourself some credit because in their mind they're going, but my life still is, isn't living up to my expectations. So when I work with clients in the area of money or just personal, I usually do a lot of work around receiving because they usually have a hard time acknowledging themselves and they're hooked into a pattern of constantly beating themselves up. Now, how do you align that, Ryan, with the need to, as you said, personalize it, which I'm understanding, if I'm hearing you correctly, which is really just taking accountability, like taking radical responsibility for where you are and what you're doing. How do you align those two things? Like, Yeah, sometimes <laughs> when you're just aware of, of your patterns, that makes a big difference if you can just be consciously aware of your choices. 
and you're like, and then you realize what you're doing is kind of stupid. <laughs> and you're like, well, th- why am I doing this? And then when you can kind of question the belief, it, it starts to diminish the charge around the belief. And then you can start to repattern your belief system around a more empowering a belief, a, a more empowering identity. What most people do with money is they link their identity to the circumstance and they say, this is what's going on in my life. So this is who I am. But it's absolutely not who you are. So you have to find a way to link your identity in an empowering way. I'll give you a great example. I work with this woman who, who came to me once. Um, I don't know if anyone has a fear of being seen, but she had a huge fear of being seen to the point where I went, I went out of her on Facebook and I couldn't find her. And so I messaged her. I said, are you on Facebook? And she said, yeah, I am. And it was an alias name that she was using. And the profile picture was a picture of her dog. So she didn't even want to be seen and she wanted to have, you know, she wanted to go out there and grow and she wanted to inspire and help more people with her passion, but she was really afraid of being seen. So we got into it and it was, it was pretty big. Like her, you know, this is why I always meet people with compassion because you don't know what's going on with people. You know, like for us to judge someone, you have no idea what's going on. This woman, it turns out when we got into it, was having a rocky relationship. She left her marriage and a week later, her husband hung himself. Oh my gosh. And so she had tremendous guilt for going there. And so imagine what she does. She doesn't want to be seen. She doesn't want to engage with the world. She doesn't want to go there. She just wants to be behind the scenes. And so, but yet her soul was like, I want to go help more people. Mm. And so we did a lot of work and, um, you know, totally opened her up. And now she's, you know, got this great brand and she's growing and she's influencing women all around the world. She's completely transformed her life. And so I think when it comes to the area of like anything, money, food, all these, all these different areas, it's like, you really have to learn to personalize how you might be blocking your brilliance and your success because of a fear of something that's happened in the past. Well, let me tell you where the money and food don't overlap. And that is that food is not neutral. Like your body has a response to everything you put in your mouth, good, bad, or, you know, innocuous, I suppose. Now, money is neutral, right? I mean, there's a case to be made that we are the ones that assign all of the meaning to money. And so whatever belief we're carrying around with us has everything to do with how we manage it or or how we manifest it. Is that fair? Yeah, it's yeah, money is completely neutral. Like completely neutral. So it's always the me. So if you can change like the meaning of money. Like I had to change so for everyone listening, a really good way for you to get an idea on the meaning that you're giving money is imagine you were dating money. Like imagine oh, you, you've you been dating money for a few days here and like, what would that relationship be like? Like the way you talk to it, what you think about it when you think about your bank account or you get paid from your job. It's like, what's the dynamics there? Is it sexy? Is it you know exciting or is it toxic? Is it negative? Is it is there a lot of disempowering feelings around it? Because you have a relationship with money. And if the relationship is disempowering, you're going to repel money. And if you're living in fear around money, you'll deflect it. You won't be able to save it. You won't be able to attract the amount you want. But if you can infuse your relationship with money with a really empowering one, give it a different meaning, like me, the old meaning I had around money is that you had to work incredibly hard for it. You had to work seven days a week all the time for it. Once you got it, it was hard to keep. It was always kind of like elusive, you know what I mean? Like you get it and it was gone. Um, So I had to change my belief system around I can easily receive money. Money flows to me in abundance. I don't have to work so hard for money. And I did a lot of receiving work around money with my coach. And 
from that point, I created, I repatterned a whole, whole new belief system around money and was able to start saving money and growing money and reinvesting money back into businesses and, and having more of a, a power, empowering relationship with it. Well, let's go meta here for a moment because I want to talk more about this. I believe so much in the power of story and the power of belief. I yeah. think that we don't appreciate you know, as much as perhaps we should, how much the story you're telling yourself has to do with how, honestly, how much money you end up having. <laughs> because even people who, if they're telling themselves the wrong story, then they can bring the money in and they will let it go right back out again. Well, story is everything. I did, we just did a training with our School of Soul Wealth. We run an annual program called the School of Soul Wealth where the school um, we of help Soul Wealth. School of Soul Wealth. Okay, yes. I want to share that with everybody. Okay, keep going. It's really cool because we just covered a whole month on story and excuses. So it's funny we're talking about this. Um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't, if it's anything personal like food um, or money, usually your story is going to be linked to your identity. So you have to look at, when I say personalize it, you're never stuck in a circumstance. And this is where I say you have to, when I mean you have to find an empowering identity, you have to go that your identity is so much bigger than what you do. It's who you are as a person. So when you look at the story of what you're doing, a lot of people do crazy things, Ella. Like if we want our needs met to feel loved and feel appreciated and feel heard, mm -hmm. sometimes we can do things like go get sick because people will give us what? They'll give us attention and we get we can get love and, and appreciation and tension that way you know if it comes in the area of money if you feel disempowered if you're in a in a place where you're not where you want to be financially what do you get out of that because you get something out of it or you wouldn't keep coming back to it it's like what do you do when you put something in your mouth that you don't like the taste of spit it back out so so why would someone keep going back to a story around money that disempowers them or they binge eat or they're, you know, overeating. It's like, because they're getting something out of that. There's a need that's being met. We only do things that either meet a need or a set of needs, and that's it. And so when, if we can find out what's being met and what's fueling us to make those choices, we can start making different empowering choices. But before you can make different empowering choices, you kind of got to go through this process of just being aware of the choices that you're making, like, or just be conscious of watching what they're doing instead of being unconscious. And like I said, sometimes just the simple act of becoming aware of a limiting pattern helps us break free of it. Is that one of the first steps that you would encourage people if they're trying to reevaluate or even reinvent their relationship with money? Are you saying so first get aware? And, and if so, what questions should they be asking themselves, Ryan? Yeah, you, you have to understand where you're at, right? And the challenge with that is most people don't want to look at that. People don't want to look at their bills. They don't want to look at their statements. They don't want to look all that stuff. They don't want to look at what's going on. They just want to pretend like it's not there. Or the opposite happens. You have someone that does well financially and that is totally ingrained into their identity. And there's a deep fear of losing that huge fear. Mm. And so the go-giver says there's three types of people, people who are in survival mode, people who are in savings, and people who are in service. And most people are in survival mode. Mo most of the world is. Um, the next step up is people in savings. But if you look at people who have savings, there is a fear with most people that they'll lose it. And so they work harder so they don't lose it. So they're still in some levels of fear. And the third people um, are people who are in deep states of service. And I can tell you from experience, when you move into deep states of service, you don't have fear of either. Your uh, money will abundantly flow to you, but you're not fear of losing it. 
because it's something you never had in the first place. It's something that moves to you and through you and back out of you. It's it's a circle, like it's you get into a flow of money. Nothing on this in this universe is ours. <laughs> Ryan, we're going deep here. So sur the survival level, if you will, like that state of being, that is kind of, you know, implied. Like I get it. It's where you don't, you either have great financial insecurity or you're in so much fear that you are still sort of fighting for survival. Savings is when you're like collecting collecting, 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 like mine, 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 that kind of mentality. Yeah. Is that, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And usually what I do with people who have that is I actually get them to go spend some money and contribute and give back or donate, yeah. do something to get movement going and get out of the fear of, oh my gosh, am I going to lose this? Right? Like start to give back and, and align yourself with generosity. What is the role of service then in your desire to have like a healthy relationship with money and plenty of it because it's just freedom at the end of the day, mm -hmm. right? Isn't money just a tool? Exactly. Yeah, it is. I know the common thing that the mind does is, well, how do I actually make more money? <laughs> you know, like the logical mind comes in. Well, you have to align yourself with a different vibration of thinking. And, and one of the best ways to do this is to move into service. And if, if I'm always in service, not just in business, but in personal life, I think there's an, always an opportunity to align yourself with service and gratitude. And the more that you can do that, the more you start to see money flow back to you from a variety of different places. But if you're not seeing it come back to you, chances are you're not in deeper, deep enough states of service and generosity to help other people first. I think this one's so challenging. You know, you don't move from survival to service most of the time. I think you actually move through this sequentially would be my guess. Yes. And so you, it's hard to get out of that savings and that take care of me, take care of me place and move into a place of service. But I have to say there are such profound examples of this. If you test it in your own life, if you experiment with it in your own life, it's actually actually sort of magical what happens when you start operating from a place of gratitude and service instead of fear what did that transformation look like for you i think a lot of people including myself have to give up the need to arrive what i mean by that is i i think there's this natural tendency especially with money is i want to get to a certain place where i feel happy and or there peace. is that place doesn't exist and we still no. we know that and we still are chasing it yes so Darn it always <laughs> Yeah, it always kind of eludes us. One of the things I do every day is like constantly shedding my need to arrive because I noticed I would do that with money. I'd be like, hey, if I can make enough money, then, you know, I'll be good. And most of us are conditioned to earn or save a certain level of money. And that's our comfort. And we're always sort of like, if you're growing, you're changing that set point. We have a condition set point for everything in our life, for our health, our career, our finances, our relationships, everything. Um, this is where you see people who are in a toxic relationship say, I've had enough, I'm not doing this anymore. And they leave that relationship and they get into the exact same relationship with someone else. Or people financially, what we do is, if you're accustomed to making whatever you make right now, let's say through your job or through maybe your business, that amount of income has probably been relatively the same for the last few years, unless you've really gone through a huge growth spurt. So how it works is kind of like, a thermostat in a home. So if you have the house set at a certain, a certain temperature and it gets too cold, what happens in your house? Thermostat kicks on, heat comes on, right? Furnace comes on, warms up the house to whatever you desired to set it at. If it gets too hot, what happens? It, it shuts off, lets the air cool down so it can settle back down to the desired amount. So if you're conditioned to earn, let's say, $5,000 a month, 
then if you go above that, let's say $10,000 a month, you will self-sabotage yourself back to $5,000 a month. If you go below it, let's say you only made a grand this month, you would freak out and you would do everything you could to make sure the bills are paid to bring your income back to five grand a month if that was your set point. So when I work with clients, the first thing is going into the awareness and their beliefs around this. And then we start to repattern a new belief system to match their expectations for their life. So if someone on the call, let's say, is listening and they go, well, I really want to make $10,000 a month because that would give me more time freedom, more time with your family, more time to do things you love, maybe creative things or downtime to relax, is we'd have to repattern your belief system to condition you at a money set point of $10,000 a month. And you're, and you're right, that goes from survival to savings and that just takes a little bit of time. And what a lot of people do is they chase money. It's the worst thing you can do. Mm-hmm. I did it for a long time and it never worked out. Um, but when my life started to take off is when I found out what are the things that actually bring me a lot of joy in life and, and things that aren't necessarily related to money. And what's fascinating is you can align yourself with joy, that vibration, you're in a higher vibration to align with wealth and abundance. I think this is so interesting. So some of my takeaways, Ryan, are that self-awareness is, of course, the beginning of everything. So asking yourself the right questions to me in whatever spoke on the, the life balance wheel that you're trying to work on, just asking yourself the right questions and being willing to to tell the truth about the answer. That's like, to me, that's just the beginning of transformation in any area of your life. And I love some of the questions that you've equipped us with. So you're saying, you know, what is your story and what meaning are you assigning to money? And then you also have asked us, you know, what are we getting out of it? And I appreciate you equipping us with these questions so much, but I think you've made another really, really good point. And I just want to sort of underscore it before we wrap up. And that is that when you're open, things flow to you and through you. And open is open palms, not closed fists, not shoved in pockets, right? Not grabbing our dollars and hanging onto them with all the might in the world, but opening your hands. And I think that's so vulnerable and scary. What advice would you give to those of us who are working on that? Oh, you so nailed it, Ella. It's vulnerable. It's vulnerable. We have such a fear of vulnerability in our world. Doesn't mean you have to be vulnerable publicly, but just be vulnerable enough to be like, I have this stuff that isn't serving me and explore it and be open to that. But it connects you with intimacy and intimacy connects you with love. And like I said, that is the core essence of everything on this planet and every person. So the more you can get vulnerable with who you are, then all of a sudden you can start dropping all these identities of your circumstances or these disempowering choices you're making because you won't have to be someone you're not. You can be yourself around everyone in any situation and it's so freeing. To me, you wanna talk about independence and freedom, that's freedom. Freedom to me is when you can be yourself around anyone or any circumstances and you don't have to be someone you're not. Hey, before I let you go, tell us where to find you, Ryan. Yeah, you can find me on my website, which is ryanucomi.com. So I'm pretty easy to find there. And then also I was going to say something that will help everyone is we're going to be opening the doors to our 12-week program very soon called the Soulful Money 
masterclass. I'll be working with a group of about 100 people to help them transform their beliefs around money to empowering ones. Hey, Ryan, why don't I post a link to that so people can jump in and check that out? And of course, you guys already know I'll link to Ryan so you don't have to figure out any spelling at all. We are all about the service here. See, I'm in I'm in service, Ryan. Yeah, you're always in service. I'm in service. Ryan, thank you for everything that you do and thank you for everything you're doing in this world. Thank you so much. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for having me, Ella. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.